You never can say no. Uh, I'll be imitation. And just uh, as, as uh, before I get started, the light is there. You just have to recognize it and see it. Amen. But uh, today, uh, folks will see something bright, but not comprehend what it is until they're in trouble or until they do need to see. And, uh, but uh, one thing about being here, uh, I think we all, we all see the light. We, we need to see more light. So today, um, I'm gonna kinda, I want you to suspend your belief, because I'm, I'm kinda, I kinda came up with a, a, a thought of, of a word today. But before I start, I just wanna say a quick prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the days of our lives that we can look back to see how you have guided us through Tormor and through the actions that we have sometimes caused ourselves. We stand on the shoulders of many who have paved the way for us and hope that as we move ahead, that when we see the light, that we can make a way for others themselves. In your name we pray, amen. amen. All right, so I would be brief, and one of the things I like to do is... Uh, uh, there, there are a few speeches. If you go to uh, Google and look up famous speeches, uh, you know, there are a couple that pop out. Uh, Martin Luther King's uh, I Have a Dream speech. Uh, there's a speech by uh, President Kennedy uh, in Germany. And then the one that I, I, I gravitate to, will gravitate to, to today, is Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Uh, this address, if you've been to Washington, been to the Lincoln Memorial, it's inscribed on the, on the monument. It's 272 words. Uh, the speech was about a little bit over two minutes. And on that same, for that same occasion, uh, there was somebody else that spoke for two hours. We don't talk about the two hour speech. We talk about the Lincoln's two minute speech or something. Uh, and just as an aside, you know, the, the reason for Lincoln giving that speech was to commemorate the Gettysburg Memorial. Uh, I had a chance to go with Valerie's family to the memorial. Uh, it's in Pennsylvania. And uh, on July 1st through the 3rd in 1863 uh, was the Gettysburg uh, conflict, where over 7,000 people died within those three days. 40,000 were, in, were injured. And as part of my speech, the reason for that battle in the Civil War is kind of the, the topic of my discussion, which is Jesus had a brother. All right. Now, how many would be surprised or shocked by that statement? Uh, we know that in Mark 6, 3, the Bible says, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? And the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense to him. But in the Catholic and Eastern Orthodox Christians, uh, that 
They teach that James, along with his others named in the New Testament as brothers, were not the biological children of Mary, uh, mother of Jesus, but were possibly cousins of Jesus or stepbrothers from the previous marriage of Joseph as related to the gospel. So, in essence, Jesus did not have a brother, a biological brother. But nonetheless, I contend that Jesus does have another brother. And does anyone care to guess what I contend that Jesus' brother name is? I contend that Jesus' brother name is Jesus, but spelled with a little j. And uh, I'll go into that a little bit further. Now, Dr. Carruthers, how did you come up with this? Aren't you a well-educated, learned man? Don't you know that Jesus does not have another brother? Well, hear me out. I contend that given the world as we know it, there has to be another Jesus. And as a distinction, I say with a little j. Uh, Martin Luther King in his speech, uh, which I think is one of the greatest speeches, why I'm against the, the war in Vietnam said, and I've long since learned to be a follower to Jesus Christ means, to, means taking up the cross. And I understand that to mean that to believe in the Jesus Christ, we must be willing to bear the burden of doing the right thing with his inconvenience, standing up for those who are less fortunate, and giving up the things of comfort or turning the other cheek. This is the Jesus of my understanding. But clearly, there are those who follow another Jesus because they fail to do those things as I mentioned. I will talk about Jesus with the little J of today and the repercussions that arise today, but this is not a new phenomenon. During Jesus' time on earth, when he was much talked about, many people applauded him, others criticized, and still others ignored him. The priests of the day were threatened by Jesus to the point wherein Matthew 27, 37, and over the head they put this charge against them, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. This, in essence, sealed Jesus' fate because on the one hand, they understood that Jesus performed and would perform and would be accepting of, of that, but they understood the miracles that Jesus performed and would be accepting of that, but Jesus would not be quiet about the disparity in wealth, privilege, in comparison to those less fortunately, less, for, less fortunate. Ultimately, Jesus was crucified by the Romans for treason, with Pontius Pilate having to decide Jesus' fate, although reluctantly. In Mark 15, 2, Jesus confirmed to Pilate that he is the king of Jews. In Jesus' time, this would be gladly accepted. They would have gladly accepted a small J Jesus, but again, Jesus was a threat against those in power. Although Jesus became to be the savior man for those who believed him in him and followed his teaching, over the years I contend that man has found his brother, small j Jesus, to be more appealing. Again, I would even say those in his day, in Jesus' time, would have accepted a small j Jesus had he not been, again, a threat to their power. 
And we see throughout history, from the Crusades, Holy Wars, Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther, uh, Martin Luther and the so-called, and, and, and others, how the so-called Jesus was a threat. And I contend they actually followed, again, a, the small J Jesus. In our time as black people, we know directly the, the effect of those who followed Jesus' brother. They used Christianity of this Jesus to enslave. As such, in 1820 in the United States, a new pro-slavery doctrine had emerged in the United States. Building on the concept of paternalism forging on 18th century tobacco plantations with the notion held that slaves by their nature were unable to take care of themselves and whites had to be appointed by God to watch over their bodies and souls. Southern slave owners said that they were providing what blacks required oversight and protection. Again, using the word of God to enslave. Inevitably, this led to the continued enslavement of black people and all the horrors associated with it, and eventually back to the Civil War where under the guise of doing God's will, roughly 2% of the population or an estimated 620,000 men died for the cause. But we in today's society should understand that that history and in, and in seeing it should be doing those things that prevent us from repeating those outcomes. But alas, this is not the case totally. As I stand today, there are still many who believe and follow Jesus' brother. In our recent times, as those in power expanded on God's word, we've had Jim Crow laws, which were a collection of state and local statutes that legalized racial segregation Named after a black minstrel show character, the laws which existed for about 100 years from the post-Civil War era up in, until 1968. I was eight years old in 1968, so within my lifetime. And Miss Barry, Joe, and others who were older knew exactly that impact. But even three years prior to that, the Voting Rights Act was signed in law on August 6, 1865 by President Lyndon Johnson. It outlawed the discriminatory, discriminatory voting practices adopted in many southern states after the Civil War, including literacy tests as a prerequisite for voting. As, and as we stand here today, we know that there are those that would like to take us back. They're putting up roadblocks to vote, which is a fundamental right that given of uh, the, the preamble of, of the basis of our country, the Constitution, that every man is created equally. So we've had civil war, we had literacy. And before that, we had Brown versus Board of Education, competing with the landmark 1954 Supreme Court case, in which the justice ruled unanimously that racial segregation of children in public school is unconstitutional. Is unconstitutional. Again, 1954, not that long ago. Again, those who advocated against those rulings would surely wrap themselves in the Christian values of the times and proclaim themselves a follower of Jesus Christ. But again, the Jesus from our true teachings would never have put himself on the side of those who wanted to sustain the practice of discrimination. So again, so surely they must be followers of Jesus' brother. Today, 
Today we can surely see those who want to manifest the little J Jesus. Yes, they proclaim to be followers, but their actions speak otherwise. We look at wealth. The wealthiest 1% of families in the United States hold about 40% of all the wealth in the country, and the bottom 90% of families hold less than one quarter of that wealth. Jesus explicitly condemned excessive love of wealth as an, an intrinsic evil. In Luke 16, 10 through 15 verses, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be, be dishonest with much. So if you have not been truthworthy in handling worthy worldly wealth, you will trust, who will trust you with true riches? And, you and if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of their own? And finally, no one can serve two masters. Either you will have hate, either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Amen. Although there's nothing wrong with aspiring to a better life, which money for some can play a part in, the love of money is not in Jesus' keeping. Even in the church, we have prosperity theology that teaches God wishes his followers to be materially wealthy. Again, I contend that God wants us to not want, but I don't believe that Jesus sees the benefit in providing those preachers who believe in prosperity to own mansions, planes, a multitude of cars based on followers' donations. The church, the, the Jesus of my teaching would not condone the exportation within the church to be, be at the Catholic Church, Southern Baptists, and their sex scandals, that Sunday is the most segregated day of the week, or that those charged with leaving their congregations are at times the cause of the strife. Amen. They inevitably follow the other Jesus. Christian right. In today's political environment, we hear and see the results of the Christian right. The, this belief that only a few are chosen based on the belief that they are the chosen ones and they themselves only understand the teachings of Jesus. Again, theirs, theirs must be Jesus' brother with a little J. Because Jesus was inclusive and did not have a Christian political factions characterized by the strong support of society conservatives and traditional policy. Christian conservatives seek to influence politics and public policy with their interpretation of teaching of Christianity, which is counter to Jesus' teaching. Rights. I don't think that Jesus would have burdened a 10-year-old girl raped and impregnated with child with no option to seek an outcome that would allow her to have a healthy outcome and a possibility of an unburdened life. And the, with the help of a court, place more young girls and women in the same predicament while undermining the fundamental right of life, live, uh, right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It must be Jesus' brother they are following. In education, the disparity is just a basic right of education where the poor and underprivileged are already determined for failure and school is just a holding place until they fail or quit Thus, their trajectory in life is already predetermined. The labor needed to either the labor to needed to provide benefit for those few fortunate, 
or just another asset in the prison industry. Again, there Jesus sees no responsibility in the plight of those not within their circle. But Jesus, in Matthew 25, 40, the king replied, Truly I tell you, whatever you do for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do for me. And the law, the Jesus I know would not condone the disparity in the application of the law where an 18-year-old man can go into a grocery store, kill 10 grocery shoppers who were black, and we be walked out of the store, or another 18-year-old can dress as a woman, wound over 30, killing seven, chase and be apprehended, or a 20-year-old man go into a church prayer group, kill nine people, and upon capture was given food from a Burger King because he was hungry. While, on the other hand, an unarmed black man is suspected of using a counterfeit $20 bill, handcuffed, placed on the ground, and a knee held to his throat for over nine minutes until he was died. Or more recently, a black man pulled over for tail light being out, chased upon being uh, chased upon encountering him with, with, with eight armed police, shot over 60 times with 46 gun wounds. There Jesus says that this is okay. But the Jesus I know would not be in favor of an overall system designed to penalize the poor and underrepresented for lack of resources, the inability to get good legal counsel, or, to, or just the fact of being privileged. In essence, right. There Jesus sees nothing wrong with this, but the Jesus I know will say for the least of these and will hold judgment one day. And our society as a whole, unless we forget a wayward society lost in today's present-day wilderness where believing in their small Jesus, that their personal desires and wants are justified because it is right in their eyes and the eyes of their Jesus. Unconcerned about those around them, others to spare plight, as long as they are satisfied, it makes it right. And yet we wonder why there's so much loneliness, despair, drug use, suicide, longing, and unfamiliar, unfulfillment in this time of plenty. Our ability to see and be seen through social media, our connected lives with no one actually to talk to, our need for likes, friend requests, tags, and followers, only to be internally lonely, alone and lonely. Their little Jesus has provided no measures to counter this, no way of seeing beyond self, and thus a perpetual need for gratification that never comes. Just as Cepheus pushed the rock up the hill only to have it come down again, the, fu the futility of not understanding the why of things is what their little Jesus brings. The Jesus I know provides a simple understanding of what we should do. Yeah. Love God. Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Forgive others who have wronged you. Yeah. As we've already stated, we've uh, basically stated what is needed. The Apostle Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Yeah. Yeah. The creator of heaven and earth. Amen. I believe in Jesus, his son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. And from there he would judge the quick and the dead. Amen. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, yes. the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Mm -hmm. This is the Jesus we should know. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 Thank you.